Welcome to the Purse Podcast. My name is Jana Hlistova, and we are changing the conversation for women about money and investing. I'm super excited to have Cindy Gallup back on the show. Cindy is the founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn. Launched at TED in 2009, it is pro-sex, pro-porn, and pro-knowing the difference. In 2013, she turned Make Love Not Porn into the world's first user-generated, human-curated social sex video sharing platform, makelovenotporn.tv, socializing and normalizing sex in order to make it easier to talk about, to promote consent, communication, good sexual values, and good sexual behavior. Make Love Not Porn is spearheading the social sex revolution. The revolutionary part isn't the sex, but the social. Given the challenges Cindy has faced finding investors, she is raising the world's first dedicated sex tech fund, All the Sky Holdings. She speaks at conferences globally and consults, describing her approach as, I like to blow shit up. I am the Michael Bay of business. Now, in this podcast interview, Cindy talks to us about what she's been up to since she was last on the show back in January of 2021. Cindy gives us an update on Make Love Not Porn and her journey as a female founder and also as a female founder raising investment for her startup. And to finish up, I couldn't let Cindy go without asking her views on the overturning of Roe versus Wade in the US. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Please note that this podcast interview is for informational purposes only. We do not provide investment advice. So Cindy, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you back on the podcast. I'm thrilled to be here again. And I wanted to invite you back to talk about what you've been up to since January of 2021, which is when you were last on. And we were in the middle of a pandemic lockdown. I know a lot has changed since then. Tell us about Make Love Not Porn, your business, your female founder journey since then. What's happened since January 2021? Sure. So first of all, Jana, the pandemic was very good for our video submissions rate at Make Love Not Porn, because I think with people in lockdown all around the world, and also just being a lot more cautious about going out in a COVID context, we basically doubled our social sex video submission rate throughout the pandemic. And right now, we've even increased it beyond that. We are now running at an average of four video submissions a day, which given that as a sex tech venture, we are banned from advertising anywhere is absolutely wonderful. But the most exciting thing is that we have now just opened a serious fundraising round for Make Love Not Porn, because I have managed to keep this business going for 10 years on just $3 million of funding. And that is an extraordinary feat, as you will know, especially in a world where 75% of all startups fail within the first five years, and we have many more obstacles than the average startup. And so um, that's what I'm heads down in right now, talking to investors and basically moving that forwards. Which is wonderful. And how has investors and consumers changed in their perception of Make Love Not Porn and and maybe the sex tech industry as well? Have you seen a a shift since January of last year? And, And why do you think that is? First of all, in response to that question, 
I've spent 13 years parallel pathing two things, working to build Make Love Not Porn and working to change the cultural and business context around it. Because when you have a truly world-changing startup, you have to change the world to fit it, not the other way around. And the great thing is that I'm absolutely seeing all of that work pay off, especially because, as you know, there are many other female sex tech, femtech founders like me, you know, dedicated to the same thing. But, um, but, but the second thing that is especially encouraging is, you know, I have had to operate a very different investor finding strategy to most founders. And that is because in the conventional funding world, you know, venture capital, my biggest obstacle there is the social dynamic that I call fear of what other people will think, which operates around sex unlike any other area. And in VC, there are too many stakeholders, too many partners, too many LPs, fear of what other people will think about investment choices runs rampant. So I don't even go near that world myself. And what that obviously means is that when I decide to raise funding, I can't do the usual thing of, right, let's do the roadshow, let's target these investors who are used to having founders pitching them one after the other. So my approach is driven by my other challenge, which is that I absolutely know that my investors are out there, and there are many of them. They are impossible to find by the usual means because they all have one thing in common. Your willingness to fund Make Love Not Porn is entirely a function of your personal sexual journey. It is a function of your personal lens on sex and sexuality, driven by your own experience. And I have no way to research and target for that. Especially because sex is the one area where you cannot tell from the outside what anybody thinks on the inside. The people who look like they would totally get it, don't. The people who look like complete prudes, do. And so my strategy has been, I put what I'm doing out there all the time. I promote Make Love Not Porn across all my social channels. I do every media interview I'm asked to. I go on every podcast I'm invited to because I have to rely on making synaptic connections that will draw those investors to me. Now, this is a very long, slow, painful, and highly inefficient process. But the good news is that in the past couple of years, it's been working more and more. I've had investors reach out to me out of the blue going, Cindy, I saw your post about Make Love Not Porn on LinkedIn. I'm intrigued. Tell me more. And by the way, Jana, and I say this to all the founders out there, I am gobsmacked at how effective LinkedIn is for bringing incoming investor interest. You know, it, it is absolutely worth anybody who's raising funding, especially female founders, because as we all know, we all struggle, absolutely put what you're doing out there on LinkedIn, highlight the fact you're raising funding, because I continue to get investors reaching out saying, oh, I saw you're raising funding, I'd like to talk. And then the other thing that's been enormously helpful is a demonstration of something that I've had to say many times to reporters over the years, because I have regularly been called up by journalists going, Cindy, I'm writing a piece about why investors won't fund sex tech, and I'd love to interview you. And my response is always, I will only agree to be interviewed if you change that headline. And I explain that when you run a headline that says why investors won't fund sex tech, it makes investors feel enormously good about not funding sex tech. I will only agree to be interviewed if you will run a headline that says, 
the trillion dollar sector investors are missing out on. And so I was very pleased when Sifted reached out to me to ask to interview me and said, Cindy, we'd like to interview you about all of the challenges you face raising funding. And I went, no, you wouldn't. And that is why I was thrilled last month to have Sifted run an interview with me where the headline was Cindy Gallup on building the next sex tech unicorn. And that interview has brought me a ton of incoming investor interest, which is fantastic. So I'm feeling very optimistic and I am talking to all of those investors as we speak and we'll see what happens. So that's fantastic. I read that article. It's a phenomenal article. And rightly so, journalists need to be very conscious of gender bias in their headlines and in the content that they produce. So thankfully, they definitely were. That's wonderful news. Now, Sidi, we finally met in person in London recently, and we talked a lot about some of your conversations with potential Make Love Not Porn investors. Are you happy to share some of the highs and the lows, specifically about female founders, how important it is to share the journey and also for investors who listen to the podcast to hear what that's like for you? Sure. I mean, I hasten to add it's early days yet because... I literally only sort of opened up this round in the past few weeks. And so there are a lot of initial conversations happening. But first of all, I'm setting out to raise a round of serious funding. I'm setting out to raise $20 million because having kept going for 10 years on just 3 million, it's time to absolutely raise the kind of funding that enables me both to scale Make Love Not Porn and to build out free product expansions that create an entire social sex ecosystem under the Make Love Not Porn brand umbrella. And what is really encouraging is, first of all, Jana, I was the very first person 13 years ago ever to stand up on the stage at TED in 2009 and publicly identify the issue that when we don't talk openly and honestly about sex in the real world, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. Something that I'd experienced very directly and intimately because I date younger men. 13 years ago, that issue had never been identified openly and publicly. 13 years later, you can't turn around without falling over a headline that goes, oh my God, kids learning about sex from porn. And so first of all, Everybody now knows why Make Love Not Porn is doing what it's doing, which is fantastic context. And I have found that investors who are parents especially get it in that context. But the second interesting thing is, in a way, this drives home the fact that these days when I'm interviewed or referenced in media, I'm called things like the OG of sex tech. And I go, oh, my God, I really have been doing it that long. You know, I'm described as a veteran of the sex tech sector. Oh, my God. So the interesting thing is I am now talking to investors. And, and part of this is because one group of investors I'm very interested in speaking to is family officers. And that's because family officers are free to decide how they deploy their funds. You know, they don't have to answer to partners and LPs in, in the same way that MVCs do. So I am talking to next gen family office members. I'm talking to Gen Z in family officers, and they absolutely get Make Love Not Porn and they love it because I am absolutely characterizing something that is designed to address their own experience 
as the generation that's grown up with porn and acknowledges the impact that has had on their attitudes towards sex, their sex lives and their relationships. And so that also, um, I'm finding, is very encouraging. It is interesting pitching to people half my age, but I love the fact that they really respond well and absolutely get what I'm doing. Mm. My dialogues really do reinforce what I said earlier, which is, you know, for me, it's no bad thing to have a self-selecting venture when it comes to investors. Because, you know, as entrepreneurs, none of us needs to have any more thoroughly depressing meetings than we absolutely have to have. And so when I am responding to incoming investor interest, I know that already to some degree they get it and we will have a very productive and constructive conversation, you know, whether they choose to invest or not. And I'm absolutely finding that. And in fact, I'm getting a lot of really great feedback, especially in terms of refining my pitch and my pitch deck. And that is positive and constructive because investors are saying, I want to fund you and here are the boxes I need ticked. And so I'd love to see this information surfaced. And so I really appreciate that I'm having a number of dialogues where because people get it, they really want to help me get the funding that I need. The other thing I'll I'll say about that is, and this is very exciting for me, but I'm now finding 13 years on that many investors also get the opportunity inherent in something that I very much want to do. And by the way, this is not something that is in my product roadmap for Make Love Not Porn specifically for this round of funding, because there are too many variables. I can't guarantee delivery to investors, but it's something I'm having a number of side conversations about. And that is the opportunity in funding the infrastructure of sex tech. I identified a number of years ago, given all the challenges I and my team face on a daily basis, that every business obstacle we encounter is a huge disruptive business opportunity in itself. Because the first payment processor that embraces legal, ethical, transparent sex tech ventures like mine cleans up. And payment processing is far and away the biggest business inhibitor facing ventures like mine. PayPal won't work with adult content. Stripe can't. Mainstream credit card processors won't. I have to work with adult-friendly payment processors who, because anybody adult has nowhere else to go, their rates are extortionate. I pay out 12% of my revenue every month in payment processing fees. That's a huge business growth inhibitor. And so I've been monitoring fintech for 13 years, given these challenges, and I am very interested in finding the fintech startup that sees the potential in being the stripe of sex tech. And I am the domain expert that can help make that happen. And I'm talking to a number of investors who see that opportunity as well. The fact that it's in the ecosystem and the business infrastructure that facilitates sex tech success that the real unicorns are to be made. And it's very exciting to be having those conversations with people who get that. It's very exciting. And as you've said, Cindy, You're looking for investors who absolutely get it and who just want to figure out how to move things forward. So you're raising $20 million. Are you happy to share what you're going to spend that on and what you're looking to build with that money? Absolutely. So I want to do four things with $20 million. The first is to optimize makelovenotporn.tv, the core platform, because Given our challenges, the fact that we've had no funding, no resources, our platform still is only 50% built out of what my total vision was for it. And there are so many ways we can optimize 
conversion, we can optimize revenue, we can optimize stickiness, we can deepen the experience for our members and our make love not porn stars, and very importantly, globalize it. And, and what I mean by that is we get ongoing media coverage all around the world. And every time somebody writes about us in a country, that country instantly rockets to be number two in traffic after the US, which, which is normally our, our biggest market because there's most awareness here. And, you know, to give you an idea, some years ago, someone wrote about us in Serbia. Serbia is tiny, number two in traffic. That's someone we're covered in Switzerland, also minuscule, number two in traffic. Last spring, we were written about in one of the biggest newspapers in South Korea. I woke up to South Korea as our number one source of traffic, accounting for 56% of all of it. But we only operate in English. And so we can't capture a lot of the traffic spikes we get from countries where English is not a language commonly spoken. So part of optimizing Make Love Not Porn is also automating translation. So we can then convert and capture revenue from markets like South Korea. So that's the first thing I want to do. But then I want to build out three product expansions, you know, none of which is finger in the wind stuff. We are being asked for what I'm about to share with you all the time. And by the way, each of these is designed to be a highly compelling standalone business in itself, as well as a very effective onboarding ramp for the core business, Make Love Not Poor. So the first product is a really obvious one because parents and teachers have been asking for this since day one which is what I call the zero to 18 version of Make Love Not Porn. So this is makelovenotporn.academy. And if you go to the URL, you'll see a very old holding page there. I bought the URL many years ago. And this is what I describe as the Khan Academy of sex education. Because Khan Academy, the online tutoring platform, tutors on every other topic under the sun for kids all around the world, except this. EdTech exploding, not in this area. So I want to build out Make Love Not Porn Academy on the same principles as makelovenotporn.tv, user-generated, crowdsourced, curated revenue share, because I'm not about reinventing the wheel. This is an aggregation play. So this is where we open up Make Love Not Porn Academy to sex educators from all around the world who can submit to us their own content, their coursework, materials, videos, books, comic strips, whatever it may be. Now, at the heart of everything we do at Make Love Not Porn lies human curation. We will curate because we only publish what is Make Love Not Porn endorsed. So if you were an American sex educator and you submitted what is depressingly popular over here, abstinence-only sex education, not publishing that. We don't endorse the so-called education that goes, don't do it. doesn't work. We will then publish segmented by age appropriateness. So if you're a parent freaking out, going, oh my God, my six-year-old asked about this, what do I say? We will point you to where you can find age-appropriate tools and content to have that conversation with a six-year-old. If you're a teacher of the class of 14-year-olds, you know, here's where you find your age-appropriate teaching materials. If you're an adult, access all areas. Adults are as desperate of information as anybody else. Some of this will be free to access, but we'll also charge to download, subscribe, bulk buy if you're a school, different revenue streams for different use cases. By the way, we're talking a huge revenue stream. And we will then split the income 50-50 with its creators, the same way we do with our Make Love Not Porn stars. Because right now, no one goes into sex education to make money. I have friends who are wonderful sex educators. They face all the same obstacles I do. Their content gets blocked on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I want to change that. I want to help them make money because this is enormously valuable work. So, so that's the, the first product expansion. 
And by the way, this is a very efficient build because it simply repurposes our existing human curation content publishing infrastructure. Then the second product expansion is a messaging app. And the reason for that is because apps like Snapchat and WhatsApp refuse to admit that their exponential growth, huge rounds of funding, and gigantic IPOs are driven by one thing and one thing only, sexting. They evade any mention in interviews, won't answer questions about it. Here's the problem. When A, you refuse to admit that sexting is a perfectly normal universal human activity, B, you refuse to admit that a shit ton of it goes on your platform, you then do not design for it. You don't proactively design for security, confidentiality, privacy, consent, and that is why we have a huge revenge porn problem globally. And so I've had in the pipeline for years, I've talked about it publicly for years, the safe social sexting app from Make Love Not Porn, which is called Consensual. And it basically does two things. It enables you to sext completely securely and safely. So this is designed to stop revenge porn, but it also, because this is what everything we do is all about, designed into the app are built-in ways that improve your communication around sex to improve your sexual relationship. So that's the second product expansion. And then the third is a much newer concept, which is a combination of basically solving my own problem and bringing all of my 37 years worth of working in advertising to bear. And so we want to build our own ad tech at Make Love Not Porn. And this is ad tech that operates completely differently to the usual ad tech model. Because I've been saying to the women of my industry advertising for years, start ad tech ventures. Ad tech is as white bro dominated as advertising is and tech is. We as women are the primary target for all advertising because we're the primary purchasers and influencers purchasers of everything. Yet we are constantly targeted and sold to through the white male lens. And the white guys are the ones making all the money out of that. And so we want to build our own ad tech and Make Love Not Porn. And in the first instance, this will operate across our own, own properties, Make Love Not Porn TV, Academy, Co-Central. But it's designed to prove concept for me then to be able to turn into an ad exchange that plugs in everywhere else. And our ad tech is going to serve ads that people actively want to see. So this is the opposite of the you know, programmatic model that follows you around the internet. And there are three reasons why people will want to see these ads so much so that our ad tech will actually be destination viewing itself. The first reason is that we're going to open up our ad tech to every other venture like ours that is currently banned for advertising. And there is a massively gendered lens at play here because it's not just sex tech ventures like mine that can't advertise. Any female lens, sexual health and wellness venture, menstruation, menopause, fertility, they can't advertise either. In the meantime, male sexual health and wellness, erectile dysfunction solutions, absolutely fine. So the first reason people are going to want to watch these ads is because, A, these are ads for products and services that help in these most intimate areas of our lives that we are all desperate for help with. And B, they'll want to see these ads because they can't see them anywhere else because they're banned everywhere. The second reason people want to watch these ads is because on our ad tech, you can advertise any bloody way you want no censorship. And I use the word bloody advisedly because Sanpro ads, forget the blue ink on the pad, bring on the blood, have fun with it. This is every advertising agency's dream creative brief. 
be funny, engaging, entertaining in all of these areas. And that's why our ad tech has a share button because people will want to forward these ads. Here's how you go viral instantly. And the third reason people want to watch these ads is because, again, at the heart of what we do lies human curation. Our curators will decide whether A, we endorse your brand product or service, and B, whether your ad is of sufficient quality to be served in an ad channel that is about ads people want to watch. And the reason I say this is the proved concept, Jan, is because right now the people banning us from advertising on Facebook and Instagram, they don't know what it'd be like if they allowed us to advertise. They're just going to be really bad. In their heads is an abstract concept of Sodom and Gomorrah will ensue. I want to show you that when you welcome in all of us and you allow us to advertise any way we want, no blandifying, no euphemizing, not only do you get an enormously engaging destination viewing ad channel, not only does the sky not fall, we make a colossal amount of money. And that will break down those barriers for all of us on the rest of the internet. So yeah, that's what $20 million will enable me to do. Just to get you started, I think hearing you talk about that, Cindy, I think maybe closer to 100 million, to be honest, but that's eventually where you want to go. And as you say, you're essentially building an entirely new market, the infrastructure Mm. and the products in it. And that requires considerable investment and also quite a few teams of people. The vision's there. I mean, it's so obvious. Somebody said to me, what you're doing is the next big idea after the internet. And they're right. Because the way I put it to investors is, oh my God, the money there is to be made out of sex. But out of sex in two areas, the second one of which nobody ever thinks about because nobody even thinks it's possible. So the first area is obviously money to be made out of sex. We all have it. We all enjoy it. Recession-proof. Market never goes away, especially important right now in the current downturn. But the second area is, oh my God, the amount of money to be made out of socially acceptable sex, because that's what I'm building. It's not just about what we do at Make Love Not Porn, it's the way that we do it. We are socializing and normalizing sex in the real world, bringing it out of the sunlight. When you do that, what you then do is you socialize and normalize people feeling really okay about publicly buying into your goods, products, and services, then publicly doing what we already do with everything else, which is publicly recommending, reviewing, sharing, advocating, publicly badging themselves as brand ambassadors. Make Love Not Porn to date is simply the proven prototype for an entire social sex ecosystem, which is my product roadmap that I've just spelled out now. There is the opportunity to build the social sex ecosystem that socializes this universal area of human experience that we are all riveted by, dying for help with, want to explore much more. And honestly, if you think that porn is how people make money on the internet, you haven't even begun to see the trillion dollar power of social sex on the internet. And that's what I'm building. It's very powerful. You're essentially opening the door, opening the windows to an industry that has forever been in the shadows in terms of it's very secretive. People don't talk about it openly. Obviously, as a result, it is linked to very questionable practices and a culture that is not very supportive of women, obviously. And you're essentially opening the door to it 
the light goes in, let's all talk about it, let's socialize it, and it's going to be safer for everyone. But also, Yana, what I'm doing is I'm opening up a marketplace that has never existed before, which has nothing to do with porn and has everything to do with socializing sex in the real world. And so I'm opening up, for example, with Make Love Not Porn Academy, what doesn't exist currently, which is one global go-to hub where we can promote and make available every single sex educator's content, every single sex education app from all around the world, because currently they can't promote themselves either. That's extraordinary. That's a huge global marketplace for sex education that doesn't exist anywhere else on the internet. Then with consensual messaging that is specifically designed to facilitate sexting and to improve communication around sex through that. And that could be as big, if not bigger, than WhatsApp. Because the apps that refuse to admit that sexting is a huge use case. As I said, don't design for it. When you actually design for that, you can do amazing things that people welcome that improve their sex life in the real world. So for example, part of our design for Co-Central is we will have our own version of Snapchat's filters and overlays. And we'll have some ready generated, but you can also create your own. And you can overlay these filters on your sexy photos and videos. But what our filters do is they say things like, I really love it when you do that. Actually, I'm not so keen when you do that. I would really rather you not do that. In other words, they make it easy to say through our sexting app the things that people find impossible to say to each other face to face in bed. And so in normalizing and socializing sexting, and that is huge. And then with our ad tech, which we're calling here for the ads, we are again facilitating a marketplace for all of the products that people don't even know exist because they're banned for advertising. I can't wait to build that ad tech and invite into it my female founder friends building amazing products they can't advertise. You know, my friend Emily Sauer, she started her venture because she suffers from painful sex. She designed the O-Nut. The O-Nut is this wonderful series of concentric silicon rings that the man wears on his erect penis that basically dictate the depth of penetration to help couples where the woman suffers from painful sex. It's a bloody brilliant product. There's a huge need for it. Can she get funded? No. Can she advertise? No. So when you bring all of that out into the sunlight and build a marketplace and build an ecosystem that actually enables all of those ventures to finally be able to sell their products, advertise them, and make money, that is a whole other sector and a whole other marketplace that has never, ever existed on the internet before. And that's why social sex is the next trillion dollar category in tech. Before I move on to the last question, I obviously have to ask you about whether you have noticed a shift in more women stepping into the startup investing world. Are you seeing more women, more angel investors, more female VCs? Feel free to share any insights or just thoughts or even anecdotes that you might have. So a couple of observations on that. And um, the first is that, yes, more and more women, thank God, are stepping up to the plate becoming angel investors and also starting female-founded funds. Nevertheless, female-founded funds have exactly the same problem female founders do, which is LPs don't want to fund them. 
And so too many female founded funds are raising relatively small amounts of funding compared to the gigantic white bro VC firms. And so I would just love to see those numbers go up and up and up. And by the way, they absolutely are moving up over time, but I'd like to see that accelerated. And where that could be accelerated is in the area that I do not see enough movement in, which is that the women who have the assets, which which they could be funding female founders and female founded funds, are still moving in a world where they believe that where they put those assets is philanthropy. And honestly, this is where, for example, Mackenzie Scott, you know, Mackenzie Bezos as was, she is giving away huge amounts of money, which is fantastic, to philanthropic institutions and nonprofits. That's the only thing she's doing. She is not funding female founders and funding female founded funds. The billions of dollars that she is putting into philanthropy could actually change the world even faster if she funded those of us who are ventures designed through the female lens to change the world in so many very powerful ways. So I am not seeing that world shift its mindset fast enough to going, it's about combining investment and philanthropy. That is how you change the world a great deal quicker. And so we still need to see a lot more of that happen for female founders and female founded funds. We do, we do. We need more women stepping into the ring and investing in startups and female-led innovation. It's really, really necessary. Cindy, I couldn't let you go without bringing up the overturning of Roe versus Wade in states like Texas and Utah in the US. The US Supreme Court of Justice, as you know, has essentially taken away women's right to an abortion 50 years later. Many talk about a backslide and a backlash against women. What's going on here and where do we go from here? Well, obviously, Yana, this is absolutely goddamn infuriating. There are not words for how appalling this is. We are seeing a far-right, white supremacist-dominated Supreme Court sending America and the world backwards, because this is not just about America. This is about the rest of the world as well, as you know. And so two things on that. First of all, I've been saying for years to women, I want you to get very, very angry. And the reason I say that is because as women, we are never expected to get angry. Nice girls don't do that. Nice girls contain their rage and smile through it. But I've been encouraging women to get angry because when we get angry, we make shit happen. And I think the overturning of Roe versus Wade has now so many women so angry all around the world that we are going to see some very good things come out of that anger in terms of how we counter this. Secondly, I said to my team, my tiny team at Make Love Not Porn, the day that was announced, our work is more important now than ever before because in a world where that legislation is now having an appalling ripple effect across everything, contraception, I mean, mean, just absolutely horrific. So at Make Love Not Porn, and again, this is why it's so important we get that funding to scale what we're doing. What we do basically helps women and men by educating on sex in a way that then enables people to absolutely understand the importance of contraception, 
it empowers women. We know this again from the feedback of our members over 10 years. You know, one woman left a comment on a video, um, this is a couple of years back, that just said, watching this video just made me feel more empowered in my own sexual agency. Thank you for this gift. And so what we do is we give women power in their own sexual agency to push back on sex they don't want to have, to demand safe sex. We encourage communication around sex that, again, facilitates the ability to make the right decisions for you. And so our work at Make Love Not Porn is absolutely key to countering the impact of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, you know, in every way that we possibly can, as is the work of every other female founder, and there are many of them, with ventures that, again, are designed to help women. And by the way, I think it's gobsmacking that more investors have not invested in the female-founded ventures that are designed to help with abortion access, medication. And again, in the conventional funding world, venture funds have clauses written in that prevent that. But family offices don't, angels don't. Every investor should be going, what an opportunity now to do a huge amount of social good and make a huge amount of money. Because one of the appalling things that I highlighted on my social channels this past week was that the several biggest firms making plan B pills now stand to make a huge amount of money. And those firms are run by men. So yet again, men are about to make a huge amount of money out of women's pain. And I want to see that change. Hear, hear, Cindy. Thank you so much. If listeners want to find you and connect with you, I know a lot of people obviously do already follow you on social media, but how can they connect with you? So you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Cindy Gallup and at Make Love Not Porn. And if you are an open-minded investor who wants to be part of the next big idea after the internet, it's Cindy at MakeLoveNotPorn.com. Thank you, Cindy. It's a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me online at jointhepurse.com. Or you can subscribe to our newsletter, jointhepurse.substack.com. Until next time, goodbye.